Thanks for joining me for this edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes. Well, we finally got inflation numbers where the Fed likes them. Two, two and a quarter, 2.3. Headline inflation came in at 2.9. Uh, I think that's a great number. Don't view it as a trend. It's going to require a lot in this economy to keep it up there. Uh, and we'll talk about a little later that there's a lot more forces trying to pull that number down than push it up. Oil's back down below 70. The Saudis made a few phone calls to some of their Asian customers saying, gee, we'll uh, pump whatever it is you want. The race is on to beat Russia back into market share in the oil economy. Uh, not going to drive prices up here very much. Gasoline went down too. Nothing going on on the Fed other than they're going to wait for a meeting or two to raise again. They're at 2% now. Makes prime 5. I think uh, we've talked for quite some time where they might stop at 2.5. I think with these inflation numbers, there might be an argument inside the Fed themselves that they might go, hey, 2 and 3 quarters, maybe 3 Either way, it's not real drama, and this time next year, maybe third quarter next year, they'll probably be done. Now, the job market, the big deal for all the consumers. The quit rate is back up, coming about 2.4, 2.5, which historically, it's kind of stabilized around 2.5. People are a lot more comfortable in their jobs, and they're a lot more aggressive in looking for an improvement. Now, in this quit rate, it's a good number. Uh, a lot of it's geographic. There's a lot of people make $150,000, $175,000 a year, and it doesn't cut it in San Francisco or Manhattan. So they're moving elsewhere. They're moving to Dallas. They're moving to other suburbs. They're moving out of San Jose and downtown Seattle because... Great job, great income, doesn't quite cut it when a cup of coffee is $7. It's just part of the overall economy. Now, what we do care about is this. This is a kind of a comical historic chart that uh, shows what happens when you start getting a trend in higher unemployment, meaning the initial jobless claims goes up. When the three-month moving average of initial jobless claims which right now is about 220,000 a week. Averages creeping up, that has historically been a pretty accurate indicator of when a recession is coming. Actually, this is bank credit analysts, and they love to advertise the fact that their predictions, after the fact, have been quite accurate. All the way on the right-hand side, you'll notice we don't have anything like that right now. Unemployment crept up to four. It's a statistical anomaly. I think we still got a pretty good shot at seeing three and a half by the end of the year. So we're not anywhere near looking at some place where the unemployment number is creeping up rather than the other way. The consumer, which is most of the ball game in the U.S., 72% of the U.S. economy, uh, has gone through several years after the Great Recession in 2008 of claying up their act, getting rid of debt, not spending so much, the top of this chart of those two things, debt to disposable income and debt to net worth, have been getting better. Getting rid of debt, a few bankruptcies, not spending so much. Well, most people are back to about where they were at 2000, 2001. That isn't bad news, but if you look at sort of the lack of wage increases, you're kind of back where you were at 2002. Not particularly further along, less debt, less debt. 
maybe an extra house you don't own anymore. But it's okay. It's not great. No inflation in this environment. So you're just sort of tracking. Down on the bottom is the household savings rate, which was looking great there for a little while, but it's back down to kind of where it was, three and a half, four, or trending. The impact of the Great Recession in 2008, you'd think, yay, you know, the U.S. consumer, it's a different beast now, and they're never going back to their old ways. Yeah, no, they are. They're starting to spend more. Good for the economy. The consumer is going to lead into the next recession, which is not in the foreseeable future, but it's pretty clear that's the direction they're going. Here's the CPI number and the core CPI, core without energy and food. Uh, it's at a good place. It's not a dramatic place. This is not a trend up. This, for a $20 trillion economy, is going to take a lot of work to stay here. Uh, we'll be watching it very closely, but this is the driver of the Fed going to perhaps 3% from its current 2 just to try and stay ahead of inflation. The PPI, which is the producer price index, has grown a lot here recently, grown fastest and farthest that it has in a long time. Two main culprits, transportation costs, semi-trucks and drivers, jumped 8% over the last year, and that is going to have an impact on those convenient items delivered to your door. And the tariffs on steel and aluminum have pushed up prices for, the category is, hardware building materials and supplies, up about 10%. Now that isn't the impact of tariffs directly, it's the impact of overbuying ahead of the impact of the tariffs. It's just the market operating. But those are the two drivers of the current inflation numbers. They are not permanent by any stretch of the imagination, and it's not indicative of a growing problem of inflation in the economy. It's just not. Now, here's the trucking. It's the red line. That's the 10-year, the yield curve, and core goods inflation, all headed down, typical for this economy. The red shoots up. The supply chain for semi-trucks is very tight. Parts are hard to get. New trucks are hard to get. New trailers are hard to get. Drivers willing to do that are hard to get. There's been a couple of wage increases here in the last six months to keep people driving, but it's an entry-level position to a lot of people, and uh, they're competing, the driving trucking industry, competing with, right now, a very efficient freight railroad system. So they're going to go through some ups and downs here. On a technical side, and I put this in here for some of our more technical viewers, <clears throat> this is the number of treasuries held in portfolios, state portfolios, insurance company portfolios, pension plan portfolios that really aren't actively traded, but they are now priced below par because the Fed is raising interest rates. It's not very dramatic. It's also non-inflationary. When the price goes down, great. There isn't a lot of push, pushing the price up, which is inflationary. It's uh, part of the contradiction right now. This is a little technical, and as the Fed continues to go on pushing for higher and higher rates until they stop, that's the blue down there at the bottom. You notice when the Fed stops, you get the little gray area known as a recession. We're not anywhere near that.
Now, the S&P 500, which is a good indicator of what's going on in the U.S. economy, has recovered from its 10% drop back in January. It's amazing the number of people in such a short time period forgot that the S&P 500 did a big price adjustment. It's worked its way back. It's the U.S. economy that's doing well. Uh, here is ODEC, which is really basically the representation of most of the developed economies in the world. You notice China isn't in here, and they're technically not a developed economy. There's one here, and that's the blue. That's the U.S. that's doing well. Japan, Euro, UK, uh, no, they've turned. Germany's turned. UK is struggling on a lot of reasons. It's the Brexit, it's a number of other things. Uh, <clears throat> Japan, they had a glorified period here for about a year and a half. That has also turned. Now, I'm going to talk about tariffs. I don't want to wear this out. Top blue line, that's our trade deficit with China. We buy a lot of stuff from China. They sell a lot of stuff, either directly through Vietnam, through Japan, through Singapore, through a lot of places. It's a big number. A tariff, I'll remind you again, is basically a price adjustment. It is bringing the price of this good up to a competitive place where it's either produced domestically or explores some alternatives that might be out there. That's going to happen here in the next couple of years. This is a problem for China. It's a big problem for Germany. They're just a little more straightforward about it. It's not going to be resolved. It's currently a political media agenda. But fundamentally, the underlying economics are this. Adjust the prices out of the low-cost producer, which is China. And much more importantly, is see if they'll respect intellectual property rights, which they do not. Fundamentally, that is the big issue. Germany does. Most of the rest of the world does. China does not. So basically, it's going to drive a lot of global manufacturing to where it probably ought to be in the first place. And I'll cite Samsung. Well, they just built the largest phone factory in the world. Not in China. They built it in India. They're going to be selling the phones in India. Build it in India. That's what they're doing. Harley-Davidson had their 15 minutes worth of glory here a little while ago, basically saying, well, our only growing market is Europe, so these tariffs are going to be a problem. Well, if your market is in Europe, build your motorcycles in Europe. There's only about 100,000 of them at stake in the first place. So that's what's happening. Now... Here's kind of where we are globally. Those economies that are still in expansion, Germany, U.S., some of the Eurasian markets, South Korea, a little, little bit of Vietnam, are still in an expansion state, Canada, Australia. Doing okay, moving forward. Those that are slowing and are continue to slow, very likely headed to recession, the U.K., China, Japan, some of the smaller emerging markets that are very dependent upon manufacturing in China. Mm, Horizon has got a recession on it for most of those. But those that are coming out of recession and starting into recovery, Spain, France, Italy, uh, probably Russia once they get back in the oil business, and Brazil, don't count on Argentina yet. They're coming out of a hole. That's just the nature of the beast. 
Now, U.S. is not headed into a slowdown for the foreseeable future. We've got to wait until the Fed stops. That's 12 months away. For right now, there, isn't, there really isn't any bad news that I, I can see. The emerging markets, they're adjusting. Germany's dropping. China's dropping. Fundamentally, we're in pretty good shape. Again, if you have any questions or something you want me to cover in this Inside the Economy, send it to info at shwj.com. I'm happy to deal with it. Well, thanks for joining me. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Thank you.